That's good stuff. Uh, everybody laid down. You know who that's by? Pat Benatar. I heard it down here. Yeah, I, I uh, loved listening to Pat, Pat Benatar when I was in uh, college. Uh, jammed so loud that the people in the car next to me were looking at me. But um, yeah, I still do that. But anyway. <laughs> You know, several years ago, uh, Larry, he's a buddy of mine, he called, he said he was coming by to pick me up and uh, take me for a ride, which meant that he had added a new addition to his collection. And he, he's got some amazing, just amazing cars, but he pulled up in a Viper and uh, I got in, he goes, fasten up, you know. And he started explaining to me about the car, and uh, he, he's, he's a real geek with, with cars, and he's like, you know, it's got the largest dual turbo, it's 1,800 horsepower, it's street legal still, and he's telling me all about it, he's telling me about it's got oversized brakes on it, and oversized transmission, and it can stop on a dime. And when he gets done with the orientation, I really thought this car was going to like sprout wings at some point. And um, so we get out in the country. He's got a long kind of straightaway there. He comes to a complete stop and he starts revving the motor. He pops the clutch. It drove my head into the, the headrest. And we hit some serious speeds, I mean rapidly, and I, I guess I need to give a little disclaimer. Do not try this, all right? He, he's, he's a professional with it. It unnerved me, and I had just got where I was like breathing again, and without notice, he slams on the brakes, and we come to a complete stop so fast, I thought I was gonna pass out at that point. And uh, he, he turns to me, he's got this big old smile on his face, and he goes, wasn't that great? <laughs> now, other words were coming to mind, but I refrained and didn't say it. It scared me to death. And he was having fun with his new car. I have never gotten back in the car with him since. I mean, and, and you know, maybe that's what he was hoping for, but I just now, I admire his cars. You know, we're in this uh, series, New Year's Revolution, and we have been talking about the fact if 23 is going to be better than 22, you need a revolution in your life. If, if there's going to be radical, complete change in some area, you cannot enter 23 wishing or hoping it'll be better. You cannot rely on making a few uh, resolutions in your life, which I will tell you tend to not work. You need something better. You need a revolution. Too many people live today with a great dichotomy Everybody's looking higher, they want better, they want to touch the fire, so to speak. Nobody is willing to lay it all down. You know, we want great in our lives, but oftentimes we settle for less. 
Jesus said this, he says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, life in all of its fullness. Uh, Some translations say the abundant life. Jesus promised a full life to his followers, a life full of purpose and joy and peace. It's the abundant life. And you know how this goes. You come to church, God speaks to your heart maybe in worship through song or word, maybe a conversation. You leave service and you've got spiritual inspiration. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change this. Then as the week progresses, you're a little less charged about it. Everybody give up. They give up, give up. Nobody hangs tough. We, we, things get a little rough. Everybody lay down. You know, just give up, quit. And my point is, no matter how impactful a service may be, no matter how significant God's touch in the moment You may start the week out well, but if you're going to finish, you need some spiritual discipline in your life. In fact, throughout history, you find God's people, they're making use of personal spiritual disciplines to help them move forward. You know, the main spiritual disciplines are really two forms. The discipline of abstinence, Junk we got to stop doing. And the discipline of engagement, things we need to start doing in our lives. Anybody want to grow in your faith? Anybody want to change something in your life? Anybody want that abundant life that Jesus Christ promised? There is this mentality today. And it's everybody say, hey, you know, nobody say no. Everybody say, wait. Nobody say, go. Everybody lay down. Just don't bother. Friends, if you're going to grow in your life, if you're going to grow in your faith, if you're going to have that revolution in some area, You have got to push against that destructive mentality that's out there today. You know, it's time for everybody to say no to some things. It's time to say go in some area. And it's time to lay down, but we're going to redefine it and say surrender to God. Where do you need to say no today? In other words, what junk needs to go in your life so that you can move forward? I love the Apostle Paul, he answers the question. We don't have time to read Galatians 5, the whole chapter, but he starts out and he's talking about this battle that we have inside us. And it's between the Holy Spirit and our own desires. Paul basically says, we already know what in our heart, what we need to stop doing. And so he gets real direct in 
I'm just going to read this. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those kind of those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes people catch me and they'll say, you know, the Bible's just so hard to understand. Is it really? Is it? I mean, is there anything difficult about understanding that? No. Maybe, maybe the word debauchery, which really just means a deep dive into, into sin, where we just immerse ourselves in it. Understanding is not the real problem most of the time, all right? Granted, there, there are a few parts of Scripture that are very difficult. Uh, you can read them and read them and read them, and it's, it's just hard to digest. You're not sure, but that's a small portion. See, the stuff that keeps me up at night, what, what really gets in my head is the, the stuff that I know the fact is, I know what it is that I need to do. I clearly understand it, but I don't submit to it. I don't lay down to it. Say no more. You know, Paul's absolutely right when he says, we know what, what we need to do. We know what we need to say no to. That's where, where he says, obvious, you know. The acts of the flesh are obvious. The things that we struggle with are obvious. We, we know what we need to stop doing. And friends, if we're going to grow, if you're going to make ground, one thing's for certain, you've got to lay it down. You've got to say no to it. You know, the list uh, of junk that, that you need to say no to is different than the list of junk that I need to say no to. But we both, we all have that stuff. And if we don't say no to it, it's destructive. It's sin. We, we, we will miss the abundant life that Jesus promised his followers. You know, there, there's a guy, he pops in here once in a while, about every, you know, three or four months. And he'll usually catch me after the service. He wants to talk. And so we, we do this thing every three or four months where we have the same exact conversation. Now, this is my opinion, okay? My opinion. He's spiritually stuck. He's been coming here for seven or eight years now. The last time he was here, same story. I've probably heard this dozens and dozens of times. And he'll go, you know, I was in business with this guy. He was a good friend. He took me to the cleaners. He ended up stealing from me. He bankrupted the company. And this guy's seething. He's angry. And he's resentful. And he's so fixed on what happened that he's stuck. He's just...
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know, the last time uh, he was here, I, I just said to him, I said, you gotta let this stuff go. Forgive the guy. You cannot move forward in your life until you do it. You know, not forgiving someone. It's like drinking rat poison and waiting for a rat to die. You know, carrying, carrying a, a grudge, unforgiveness, it's, it just eats you up inside. It destroys the container that it's in. And I said, until you stop, you can't move forward. Now, here's the ch challenge for you. Sometime in the next few days, you find a quiet place and you make a list of things that you need to say no to in your life. Things that you need to stop. You know, things that my guess is the Holy Spirit's been whispering for weeks, maybe months, possibly years. Things that have you stuck. Things that are keeping you from growing, making progress in some area. You know, maybe, maybe it's a place that you need to say no to. A place that when you leave it, you feel terrible inside, you, you're torn up. You know, a place that you wouldn't want other people to know that you even go. You know, friends, the longer that you go there, the more spiritually paralyzed you will be in your life. You know, the longer you put off saying no, I will tell you, you'll keep tripping up in your life. You're stuck. You know, maybe it's someone that you need to say no to. You know, someone that you need to stop hanging out with. You know, not because they're evil, all right? But because they're on a very different path than you're on. They have different values than you have. You, you need to say no because they're pulling you the wrong direction, pulling you against what you know you, you need to do. You know what's right. You know, in some, it may be an addiction. You need to say no. You need to say no to food or alcohol or prescription drugs, maybe pornography. It's time to say no before it completely destroys you. You may need help. You may need professional help. You may need a support group. You absolutely need an accountability partner. But it is very clear you need to say no. And you got to lay it down. You got to lay it down. You got to lay down your pride. You got to completely surrender to Jesus Christ and just say no. You know, God, you and I both know that with your power in my life, it needs to stop and it needs to stop now. I'm going to ask again, what is it you need to say no to? What is it that you need to let go of so you can move forward, make progress? You know, unforgiveness, worry, fear. We all have things that are holding us back in our lives. Junk that not only has you stuck, I'd argue it's holding you hostage. 
You know, it's that junk that, that is damaging and destructive to your soul. It damages the heart of people that you love, people in your lives. It, it's hurting them. If you just say no, no more, I'm done, you could gain ground in that area. Friends, this is more than an intellectual exercise. You know, putting something on a list. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll write some stuff down. It's more than you saying, well, I, I, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I'm talking about actually stopping. It's a revolution. And that's the only way you overcome. It's by doing it. What do you need to say no to in your life? Write it down. And I would challenge you to date it. Put a date on it. And you go, well, why, why would I do that? So that you can look back and you can celebrate the victory and go, I overcame that three years ago. Or you can look back and go, I wrote that down five years ago. I said no to it and I'm still doing it. That's an eye opener. Everybody wants heaven. Everybody wants the abundant life. Everybody wants gain in their life. But one thing is absolutely certain, you have to say no. If you lay it down, submit it to God, say no, at some point, you'll be thankful you did. Scripture also talks about the engagement of saying go in your life. Things you need to start doing. Things you need to start so that you can spiritually grow and make progress and move forward. Things like spending personal time with God every day. You know, reading the Bible, praying, talking, just talking to God, fellowshipping with one another. You know, serving in ministry so you get to know one another. So pretty soon you're playing together and celebrating together and, and recreating or whatever. You need other Christ followers alongside you. You need accountability in your life for those things you're saying no to. You need it. For the things you're saying go to, you know, I'm going to start doing. You need people around you. You need Christians around you that love you, that'll encourage you, that'll hold you accountable so that they help you grow, so they help you make progress. I don't know if you figured this out. There's a lot of negativity in the world, yes? <laughs> Lots of junk out there. And we absorb it all through the week. Lots of junk. In fact, the evil one will keep the negativity coming. Satan wants to derail you with all the negativity. Paul writes this, he says, For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers, get this, to suit their own desires. Well, think about that one for a minute. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to miss. 
we all need injections of truth in our life. Hope, encouragement, strength. We need guidance to, to navigate in this world. You know, God's word says it will light our path. It's lighting our path toward that abundant life so that we can keep going and experience it. If you want to keep growing, if you don't want to regress in your life and get stuck, I would challenge you to spend time in God's Word and fellowship with other believers so that you will push forward. Apostle Paul, he's saying goodbye to a church that he had planted, he had cared for, he had loved. He's getting ready. He's been called by God to, to go minister elsewhere. And he's delivering kind of his final message. And at the very end of it, he says this. He says, now I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God's word has that kind of power to build you up, to prepare you for heaven and eternity. It has that kind of effect on the heart and mind. Friends, it is very, very predictable what happens when you read God's word. You need to go where God's word is taught. You need to gather together like we did, we're doing right now. We're getting a, just a little bit of God's word into our lives. And you need to do it through the week. You need to engage God's word every single day. You need to read it. You need to wrestle with it. You need to submit to it. Oh, we hate that word. It will save you a boatload, a boatload of trouble in your life. If you just say no to some things that you're convicted about. If you just say go to some things that maybe the Holy Spirit is pressing you to start. What you will see in that when you're doing both those things, you start seeing gain in your life. You will stop regressing and being stuck just by engaging a few verses for a few minutes every single day. You notice I didn't say spend three hours in God's word. I mean, that's a great thing to do, but most aren't gonna do that. Just a few minutes with a few verses. Maybe everybody too proud. Maybe you're a little scared. Maybe everybody, you want to break free, say no to some things and say go to some things. It's a revolution. It will change that area of your life. You know, read, read this verse with me. We're going to read it in unison. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. And he will act. What do you need to commit to God? See that troubled area, that thing you're struggling with? I mean, what do you need to say no to? What do you need to say go to? Trust God. He will act. Read that silently to yourself. 
How many of you had something come to mind when you read that? All right. That thing that jumped out, grabbed your heart, whatever it is you saw, my point, commit that to God and he will act. You can trust him. He'll help you. Hebrew writer writes, indeed, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joint from marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God's word, friends, the Bible is alive. It's not dead print in a dead book. It's alive. It's able to stir your spirit and your soul. It's able to move your heart, change your mind, you know, piercing, cutting, encourage you, you to just make changes in your life. That's what God's Word does. It brings you to a point where you say no to some stuff, where you say go to something. It, it will bring you closer to God, but you have to read it. You have to read it. You know, I, I can't read it for you. Your spouse can't read it for you. Your friends can't read it for you. You have to read it. Everybody lay down. Submit to God. Say, okay, God, today's the day. Remember years ago, a guy I've played hoops with, his name's Chris, and um, probably the best ball player I've ever played ball against. And um, he was new to the church I was serving at the time. He was investigating Christianity. And in one of my messages that, that weekend, I, um, I was talking about the need to read God's Word every day, to just take a few minutes each day and read God's Word. And Chris caught me after the service, and he said something basically like this. He says, you know, Bible reading, I, I think it's fine and good. They says, I don't have time. And I remember kind of taking a pause, and I said, well, Chris, we make time for things that we value. Now, I could tell initially he, he was totally put out with me in that moment. Several months passed. He caught me after a service. He said, um, would you baptize me? I'm like, well, yeah. I said, that's, that's great, Chris, but can I ask what brought you to that decision? And he talked for quite a while, and he finally, when it was all done, he, it all tracked back to he actually started reading God's Word on a daily basis. And what I noticed in his life over the, the next year or so was he was growing. He was touching people's lives for Jesus. He, he was a better father. He, he was better at running his company. In fact, he was doing it differently. He started running it in a very God-honoring way. And he would talk about he had this spot where he'd just meet God 
and read his Bible every single day. And he would share that story with anybody that would listen to him. He would go, the Bible changed my life. The Bible changed my life. And he would just share it freely. I had moved down here and... uh, this is several years after that, and he got diagnosed with brain cancer, and he died within just a few weeks of that. One of the guys I played ball with, he was visiting down here, and uh, we were talking, and he told me, he said, Chris passed away. And he said, I went to see Chris right before he died. And he said he was in bed, he had his Bible in hand, and he said, I'll never forget this. He goes, listen to this. And he read some passages to him. And he said, he set the Bible down. And he goes, reading this changed my life. And it'll change yours. Friends, you want to start living the full life, the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised. You want a revolution in some area, whatever that area is that you're thinking about right now, spend time in God's Word. You spend time in God's Word so that when you get to the end of life, you will be thankful that you allowed it to fill your heart and your mind. It will change your life. It will change your life. So one more time, we're going to circle back around. What do you need to say no to today? Here's my bet. Most of you already know what it is that you need to say no to. You just need to do it. What area do you need to say go to? You know, what is it you need to start What is it you need to begin doing so that you can make progress? Quit putting it off. Quit. You lay it down before God. You lay down the pride. You lay down the resistance. And you just submit fully and completely to God. You trust Him. Commit your ways to Him. Trust Him. And He'll move you forward. Spiritual discipline. It'll keep you moving forward. It'll keep you from stagnating or regressing. But you got to do it. You're the only one that can do it. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. And we thank you for this day. God, I don't know what it is that um, you want each of us to say no to, but I'm pretty clear we've all got something. We need to dial back or step away from. We need to quit. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just press us that Make us so uncomfortable that we would do that. Not tomorrow, but today. God, also, I'm pretty sure there's some stuff you've been calling us to. 
and we've been resistant. God, I pray that we would lay it down before you. Say, okay, today I'll start. Today I begin. God, give us all the courage, the wisdom to just embrace your words. Whether it be in the morning or at noon or in the evening, but at some point, Lord, just to read a few verses, have a conversation with you about it. Pray your Holy Spirit would prompt us to do that. Remind us we're not doing it when we should be. God, I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. May this week we uh, let our words and our deeds point back to you and be honoring to you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said, amen. There'll be prayer teams uh, down front if you would like them to pray. Maybe, maybe something clicked for you today and you go, yeah, I need to change this or that. Just come down and say, hey, pray. I've got some stuff I'm saying no to, some stuff I'm going to go toward, and uh, uh, let them pray with you, and um, they'll be down here. Yeah.